Welcome back to the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast here on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I have a very, very special interview. I caught up with the band Polyphia to talk about their latest album, New Levels, New Devils. They came through to Philadelphia at the Theater of Living Arts on their current tour, which is still going on. I'll have links to all that, and you can check them out. Definitely recommend checking them out live. Um, Really, really awesome to talk with. They're really cool guys. Uh, We talked about that album and much more on this episode of the podcast. Also, before we get into the interview, quick note. We have a sponsor here for Anything Goes With Jackson Neal. Believe the Hype, a company that that sells the latest sneakers. They get the most hype drops and sell them straight to you guys. Visit down in the description to find their Instagram and Twitter accounts, at BelieveHype2018, as well as their store links so you can purchase all the latest sneakers. Check down the description of this podcast on any one of those platforms to find uh, that information out. So without further ado, heading into the interview I did with Polyphia, really, really fun. Really appreciate having the guys on to talk about their latest album, New Level. New Devils. So, how's your tour going? It's good. It has gone well. Any favorite cities so far? Los Angeles was crazy. Denver was crazy. New York was crazy. Kansas was crazy. Oh, really? Kansas? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's one of the craziest ones we had on the tour, actually. Um, What else was was sick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've all been good, but those are like the standout ones. Yeah, for sure. So you guys have your new album out, New Levels, New Devils. What was the process like behind that? We would write riffs and then send it to a bunch of different producers and produce beats ourselves. Um, And then everyone would send their beats back and then we'd let Frankenstein all the beats together um, and kind of pick and choose the coolest parts of each one. And then our Frankenstein versions of these beats to Clay and Clay, and Clay and Clay would dissect them and uh, take the coolest parts and add their own stuff to it, and then we ended up with the album. Sounds like a, sounds like a long, yeah, it sounds like a long process. How long was that, like, from we, start to finish? We did it in six months. months. Oh, really? All yeah. that in yeah, six months? Yeah, like there's a lot of pressure from, from writing <clears throat> to recording and mixing and mastering in six months. And it was that was, stressful. it was non-stop fucking just, like, not sleeping and just, like, work, 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 work for six months. It was a very intense process. The result was cool, though. We did an album. Yeah. I didn't know we could do an album in six months. Now we know. We did it. Now we know we can do that. Yeah. Well, what was, like, what made you guys do it that quickly? Was there, like, certain, like, pressure maybe from the label? Was yeah. it just, like, you guys just yeah. wanted to do it? Yeah. They're like, okay, day. here's the release date. It's got to be done by this day before then. We were like, oh, wow. <laughs> we have, like, four things. So we were like, time to write, boys. <laughs> and write, we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> write, we wrote. Well, I think you guys did certainly an excellent job on it. So, I mean, it's crazy because, like, I was looking at some quotes from you guys, even saying like, this is, like, one of the, your definitive, like, the definitive album for you guys, one of your best ones to think that that'll happen in six months just seems crazy. Yeah, a little bit. And now we're already getting tattoos of it all, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're, well, that might just be because we're irresponsible, but, you know. What do you think makes this one of your best projects? It's the um, best one. It's just as far as, like, like being creative and unique in that way. Uh, like, we try to do 
I guess this was the most hated by like experimenting with it in an EP on an EP. It was like the trial and, run. Yeah, yeah, it was like a trial run, and then uh, this one we we're like, all right, let's polish it, and like we have like a mature diversion of it now. Honestly, the the songs <clears throat> on the most hated are very good. The execution of like the blending the two styles was a little to be desired. I think if we were to go back and do it like how we did New Levels and Devils, um, like the same exact songs. But just doing what we did on New Levels, New Devils, they would be, they would be fucking top notch, mm-hmm. uh, very insane songs. So, yeah, I mean, I noticed that you guys just blended those genres so well on this album. What kind of where did that inspiration come from? We just like to write music over music we like to listen to. Um, before it was kind of like, uh, like, ah, shit, we can't really do that with the instruments we play. But then we we're like, you know what, let's do it anyway. And, uh, like, working with a bunch of different producers and stuff, like, when we worked with Y2K for the first time, his name's Ari, when we worked with Ari for the first time, he wrote the beat to Loud, because we just gave him, like, guitar riffs and stuff, and he slayed the beat, we were like, wow, we didn't know that we could do that. It was fairly melodic, and then he made it, um, very, like, like darker and fucking heavy. Yeah, like, like, really, really trappy, um, and, uh. I was going for more of a future-based thing, like, when, when we first started that, um, like, Lido-esque sound, and Ari was just like, yeah, fuck it, let's do Trap instead, and he's like, brought the, like, heavy, hard, like, horns, and fucking, like, just, you know, the Trap hats, etc., and, uh, that was kind of, like, a turning point for us to realize, like, yeah, this is cooler, you know, so... I mean, as you mentioned, these songs are just so many different names between producers, all you guys. Just a cl- like crazy collaborative effort, I guess you would say. Like, so many different parts all working for the same project. Oh, yeah. What's it like working with all those different kind of people? Is it, like, crazy trying to get the back of this song from that person, or is it just kind of like... It's it's incredibly stressful. I do all, pretty much all of the, um, like, relations. Like, texting people and, like, you know, not, like... I don't know. It's crazy because I have to like get lunch and, and fucking go out with people before I can annoy them about like our music, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm like constantly fucking like like working in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm out partying with these people, it's like it's literally because I need to get in some FaceTime with you before I make you work on our shit. Exactly. Um, because like 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 some of these people they're so they're, they're like our our you know some of our favorite producers and it's just like you know like yo we need this dude on our album like mm-hmm. and she's like alright let's go make it happen in the most fucking like LA way possible like just fucking like getting out there and doing it but um yeah and then uh just constantly like reminding people like hey like can we get this beat back or blah blah or like can you do this section um and just like doing sessions like in and out of sessions you know and just taking it from one person to the other, like, taking it home and cleaning it up, giving it to Scott and him having him do all these things and everybody kind of putting their thing in and taking a revised version version to someone else. Um, it's, it's very all over the place. I think, um, like, there's probably, like, 17 different versions of Goat. Oh, really? Um, and, uh, like, there's, like, of each song. Like, there's so many different versions. Um, and, uh, what's on the record is what was compiled to be like the coolest parts from each version all in one gotcha so i was, about to, I was just about to ask like is it hard to pick down you have those 17 versions you're listening to each one is it hard to pick down that one you want to put on there we're all pretty much on the same page 
about like which parts should stay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more so what will work. Yeah. Like so, for example, uh, I guess you'll get to have this exclusive on your podcast because this has never been played anywhere. But so, for example, this is the um, original version of Rich Kids, and you can hear um, that the it just wouldn't really work that well on drums, like real drums and real bass. Um, other 17 versions of goat like some of them are like bad mm-hmm. so it's just uh figuring out what works and like keeping it interesting and keeping the music flowing and etc etc exactly. sometimes it's easier to just like strip the whole thing down and be like okay well, let's just take the guitar parts and like rebuild it mm-hmm. if it doesn't really work out that much or maybe we'll like take the guitar parts and send just those to like judge or someone mm-hmm. like judges on that song a lot on like the, the final one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, yeah, there's because like outside of that version, there's actually a version that is good, which is Ari's version, um, and that one is the one that I posted on my Instagram. But it just like there's the synth that he uses that just can't really be recreated by a bass mm-hmm. because there's no like attack to it. It kind of like is a swell synth um, rather than like a bass. It's like there's a pick attack to it, yeah. so like you can't really unless you're doing like a fucking like volume pedal, it just wouldn't really work or make any sense to. And like the drums, like that he had just only work in that context and the judge's version was a lot more like percussive hands-on like attacky things um so yeah there's like two different versions of that one that are actually good but like the one that we used is the one that like works better for live instruments so so uh, yeah it just sounds like you, you put a lot into like what fits right for your band and like you said live instrumentation right there especially like on tour you want this music to sound great for your fans live not just on the recording so, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, on this, you know, you're talking about all these people you're working with. You also had some some pretty some pretty cool features on there. One of them that really stuck out to me, and I heard you guys talk about this one a little bit, was uh, Kuko or Kuko or whatever on um, So Strange, the vocalist. Mm-hmm. What was that like, like while working with him? Well, he's um, he's been a fan of us since he was like 17, um, before he was ever Kuko. Um, and then like right before he kind of like really, really popped off, um, 
we met him at the Sour Patch house, mm-hmm. and he came to get drunk with us. The Sour Patch has Sour Patch Kids has this like mansion in the hills, the Hollywood Hills, that they just let fucking bands stay in when they're, when they're on tour. And so we were like partying there for like a weekend before we went to Japan, and uh, we had Kuko come over and. Um, we did a session that night, but it wasn't, like, very productive or anything. It was kind yeah, of just, like, us fucking around, yeah. Um, and so that was, like, the in the start of, like, hey, let's, like, make some music together. And then um, when I moved to L.A., like, eight months ago, um, you know, he was, like, one of the first people to, like, really just hang out with me a lot. And we were hanging out a lot, and uh, I was, like, you know, we were, like, showing each other our music, and then he sent me... Um, five of his songs like for us to fuck with um, and so strange ended up being two of those songs um, and so they're originally Kuko songs um, like the hook was literally like already there it was just, like it was a Kuko lyric and he just didn't have any verses and I was like that's so perfect just leave it like that we'll write the verses and you do the hook and that's like a, you know we pretty much polyphiaized these two Kuko songs and and they were like separate songs like in different keys and different tempos and we fucking transposed them and made it work into like one flowy thing um so it was more so he just gave us two songs and then we like did all the crazy bullshit to like make it work so that's probably my favorite one to write to honestly yeah too. It was that one was like a fun one to do because it's like yeah like happy yeah Yeah. it's super it's like a catchy one and it's like you know you don't have to like really overthink it you know it's just like easy it's just kind of like right out there yeah yeah the riff's a bitch though oh really I will say that (laughs) tough one totally I mean it's crazy when you guys talk about these songs whether it's like having 17 versions right there blending two songs you guys seem to do a very good job of taking tracks in their in their infancy and then blending them together to form something fully formed not mes- not necessarily from a start to finish but taking these different parts and putting them together yeah uh, yeah they're like that's why there's 17 different versions of goat because fucking like goat originally was like three different song ideas um for three different songs mm-hmm. and uh we were just like fuck like we can play this in the same key and in the same tempo and like have all these really fire sections of this one song um i still kind of wish we would have done it the other way though what the, the fast one or the slow the one slow one at the end yeah oh yeah like yeah. just because that was so sick and i was like damn all right well that's okay we're putting it in goat yeah it's just a little different but oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah you know what i'm talking about but we all right so when we were filming 40 ounce we were uh, <laughs> we were like we didn't really do anything because they had everything set up and like the room all like furnished and like they even painted it in it's this mostly just house. the actors yeah, they were just, like, doing it. So, like, for our parts, all, we, all they needed was, like, to capture us playing it, like, once through. Mm. So, we were drinking and writing downstairs yeah, in the basement. we were in the basement, and they had, like, a studio in the basement. And we were, like, yeah, they had all this shit. Beats. And we were, like, dude, we should certainly write something because it'd be fun. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we wrote the, like, the end beat drop to that. Yeah, we were basing it off of fucking... We were listening to this song... Um, and, uh, what the fuck, uh, I typed in so many things. Um, and this was, like, kind of the vibe that we wanted. Uh, Lil Pump and Rick Ross together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Great song. 
and just something like really hard and dumb was what we wanted. So yeah. like, this whole thing. Like, but it's like simple and just hard as fuck. That's a little pump for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing though. So literally, uh, like the end of Goat, if you take off the guitars and take away like plays crazy drum fills and all that, it's and then replace the bass with an 808 distorted as fuck. Same, doing the same notes and, you know, having the, the drums replaced with the trap drums, it's, like, pretty much a beat very similar to that one. Um, and we had did, we originally did a Cardi B remix with that. Um, oh, really? And uh, it was the, what the fuck is that song called? Uh, Bodak Yellow. Yeah. Uh, it was a Bodak Yellow remix, and it was hard as literal fuck, like, way harder than the original one. Um, and we never put that out because obviously it was like way too late and we wanted to use it for GOAT so uh, yeah. that was the ending of GOAT um, yeah. yeah that's how that happened oh wow I mean I, it's just crazy listening to you guys talk all these different references you guys bring in um, I mean I've heard other people say like they like to listen to lots of different kind of music but for a band you know listening to you guys you might not realize mm-hmm. that you have all these different influences outside of your type of genre like all these hip hop influences and I think that's so cool that you guys are able to pull from those and say oh we like these drums let's put it in this song in this kind of instrumental version mm-hmm. yeah we try dude I mean we just want to make it fun yeah. for us on stage and I think like we used to like go up on stage and just like kind of stand there and like do it and that got kind of like oh, shit I, I, I want to like jump around but it's hard you know so like with the new songs like like Goose like I can't not jump around like an idiot to that song and that's because we made it so hard mm-hmm. because we took those elements from other genres and like yeah i mean they go off work. they're fun they, they're bouncy kind of there's a lot of energy to the, those genres you know and yeah i think that's what makes our shows fucking way sicker than a lot yeah, of other people certainly a lot more fun to play <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was listening. To, you know, I was listening to the album a couple of times, and I was listening to it today. And walking around, the one thing I would say would be, I was just had this energy. You know, walking from place to place, I was like, well, I felt like I was walking faster. You know, just kind of bobbing my head, stuff like that, mm-hmm. because of just the, the vibe that that album brings to you. It's also good study music. Um, okay, that's what I've heard. Uh, like good concentration music, and like um, when I was getting this tattoo, fucking before the record had dropped, uh, the homie who did this is a fan. And he wanted to hear the record, so we just listened to the record while he was doing his tattoo. And he's like, "Dude, this fucking shit is making me like tattoo this shit faster and like still super accurate." And I was like, "That's lit." And like, so I think it's good concentration music, but also good turn up music. So. Yeah, so like it hits that cool kind of balance. Mm-hmm. And one thing about the album, and you know, listening to you guys talk about it with all the you know all the work that came into it was, I think it's so concise and so. I would say there's really no filler through it. Each thing, each part of the album feels like it has a certain type of meaning to it. I never really feel like you're just doing this because, oh, we need an album that's 45 minutes long or whatever. I feel like each part is kind of direct and like we have a meaning behind doing this. Wouldn't you agree to that? I think, I mean, fuck all filler shit. We just mm-hmm. don't, yeah, we don't like putting songs in the album where it's just like, oh, well, we have to you know put a song on there because there's not enough you know like cause like fuck that song yeah. I don't I want think, that song on there I think if a song is a minute and 30 seconds long and it's good that's all it that's all, as long as it needs to be literally fucking you, you don't need like yeah that's an incredibly short song but like some people have fucking songs that like are 
three minutes and 30 seconds long and feel like they fucking drag on for too long. Mm-hmm. Let alone, like, the, you know, the bands that are, like, really out here wilding, doing fucking bullshit, like, six-minute-long songs and et cetera. Past that, it's just like, dude, like, this is not... It's too much. It's yeah. just... It does, it's unnecessary in every way. So... I'm a firm believer, like, of, of just, like, it's if it's fire, you only need to, you, you know, the shit needs to come back at least twice, and then that's it. You know, like, you could do you could do three times. Any, any more than that might be a little excessive, so. Yeah. I do like long songs uh, from bands that I really like because I, like, um, I'm interested in, like, what they're doing. But, like, I know you fuck with Kobe, and I know they yeah. have some long-ass songs, yeah. you know? They have a lot of seven-minuteers. Yeah, so I think it's okay if you like, you know, have a couple here and there. Well, yeah, but, I think like, if it's done right and tasty, sure. of course. Yeah. And then, of course, like the people who appreciate it are obviously the ones that fucking just love that thing, love that band, love that artist, you know. But yeah. like, but for our writing our music, I wouldn't really want to exceed past what it needed. It's, yeah. it, it would be very easy to get lost in the translation there's so much shit exactly yeah there's like and it's just you know there's no reason for us to fucking like make it even more complicated than it already is yeah um that's I, that's I think our our next goal um is going to try and tone it down like or bring it back not tone it down the intensity will still be there but like simplicity because that's you know it's easy to like complicate something mm-hmm. and make it sound good or like like you are good at music because you can play a lot of notes or etc but it's harder to play less notes and make those notes fucking mean something you know what i mean so that's uh, i think that the whole minimalism and simplicity and like only what's necessary is like a i i like that a lot so word I was yeah, I was just about to say. I mean, everything from you guys, it sounds like, is this ability to cut down that excess, whether it's and be like a lot of times you feel like artists they want to like you know almost show off what they can do or anything like that, and it might be difficult because they might spend so long on a certain song and say, hey, that really doesn't work on the album, and then they get those bloated kind of track listings. And I think whether it's like you said, simplicity and like playing lesser notes, but have them have that meaning and that kind of influence or whether just cut out that part of the song because it doesn't mean anything i think you guys are do a very good job of cutting down as an as an artist into what you really need and not being too sentimental about certain parts if that makes sense definitely that a lot of artists these days though are doing this fuck shit where they fucking put like 23 songs on an album and like most of them are bad simply because it helps streaming numbers and i think that is like the way that like technology is, has happened is is super interesting the way that it has influenced the art that literally people are making bullshit because their numbers are going higher exactly because it's fuck there's just they've got 23 songs in an album dude who's going to listen to fucking 23 songs on an album that's a chore to me <laughs> i look at that and i'm just like oh my god it's still going okay there's the 56th song and it's the closer I don't know. Like, it's cool when it's like a. Like, when Drake did More Life. Yeah, More Life was, was like. That the, was good. Because it was a playlist and not an album. Yeah, like he's not even on all those songs. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And even then, fucking, like, you know, there were some that were like, ah, oh, this, is, this is pretty long. Yeah. But yeah. then, like, once he started the playlist thing, everyone else was like, oh, shit. 
you can make money from doing this. Like, from putting a literal fuck ton of songs. That fucking Juice World feature album that just came out has, like, 25 songs on it. All of them are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, I like both of these artists. And, like, these artists these days are just churning out garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, just for streaming numbers. And it's just like, this is weird. Yeah. And one album I would that comes to my mind of thinking it was very good at being concise and really hitting to it. And, and in hip-hop was Culture by Migos. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys are familiar with that, but you listen to that, that album and it's just like banger after banger after yeah. banger. Every yeah. single song hits hard because I think it was about 11 or 12 tracks, oh. not that like bloated 20-some song list. Yeah. Thing. Well, it's like, and that's what we wanted to do with New Levels, New Devils, was just 10, not even 11, just 10, because that's what I think an album is, is 10 songs. Okay. Anything less is like, like seven songs is still an EP. Eight songs, like I guess, could be like an album if you if you wanted to call it Billy Rain or something. <laughs> if they're all um, twelve minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, ten songs is an album, and each one of these songs should be fire as literal fuck. Um, and like we cut a lot, maybe not a lot, but like there was one actually that's super fire that like just didn't get finished because, um, yeah. But I mean, it's like we're probably gonna work on that for the next one. But like, like we cut things just to make the ten that would work. So definitely. So you you mentioned the next one right there. Just wrapping this up. Looking forward to the rest of this tour. Looking forward to twenty nineteen. How are you guys feeling? What are you guys looking forward to? I guess we're gonna be touring a lot. Yeah, we're gonna be doing more tours, (laughs) more tours, and then uh, time to write in between. Hopefully um, we have time, but that's what I'm looking forward to is writing. Yeah, honestly, I, I love writing. Like it's it's fun and complicated and stressful and it's only stressful because we have dumbass fucking deadlines all the time. But yeah, I think if we just could like, you know, not have any, it's it's my favorite thing to do is write. Really? Well, like, I, I, I like it more than touring. I don't even mind having a deadline. It's just like, yo, here's six months to write an album. Also, you're doing shit in between. Oh, yeah. It's the shit in between. It's just like, can you fuck off? Like, we are writing right now. Yeah, like, I kind of felt like some parts on, on even the most hated, but also New Levels, New Devils, like, kind of suffered a little bit because of the deadline. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it is what it is. In the bus on tour, like, just writing it. I think if you get an artist no deadline, they'll just fucking never finish it exactly yeah, so you know, deadlines are good you know they're necessary due dates are good for that reason but like if it's too much I don't know yeah. so hopefully we won't have to deal with that next time yeah. uh, maybe we'll just be like I'm not doing it and let's fucking focus on well apparently the art like in 2020 is the next time that they need one so but ah. we, God knows how, who, how much they're gonna schedule us between now and then with bullshit yeah, well, they say 2020, they're going to be like, okay, well, it's 2020 now. You've done a bunch of shit, and you have nothing because you haven't had any time to write. So, where's the album, boys? <laughs> where's the album? You had been two years. It's like, well, you've been having me do other shit. And then we're going to send... time to make an album. Yeah. And then it's time to send Clay to the studio again to write every single drum part in two days. <laughs> and track. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I... This one, what do we do for you? You had four songs. Three. Three. Yeah, three. Because that's what we had to give him, like three completed songs that he yeah. wrote too. And then we we had studio time booked, and he had he had like a week to do it, but he only knew those three songs. And then like the other songs, we gave them as he was going in to do it. So we had to just fucking figure it out on the spot. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, it's a pretty stressful. 
yeah. situation, but you know, he made we the got best th- of it. We got through yeah. it, and now he knows the process because he was like fucking pissed. He like didn't like get like that. Like we all we have, this is how it is every time. <laughs> and we always normal. get through it. <laughs> we will never not get through it, and that's you know now I think yeah. he knows that, and fucking that's you know going into it next time. It's like yep, I'm, I was prepared for this bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just the, all about learning that that's what you're gonna have to do, and then. Being able to have enough time to mentally brace yourself for all yeah. the bullshit you're about to do. It's incredibly with. emotionally taxing and mentally, and probably physically for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but honestly, dude. We wrote the best album ever. This is the fucking life, dude. It's sick as fuck. I love doing this shit with you boys. Yeah. Same. No matter how pissed off I get about a part on a song. I love it, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Again, a big thank you to the band for coming onto the show. Remember, check out New Levels, New Devils, out right now. An absolute great album that I, I really, really recommend and really enjoy. And with that, that'll wrap up the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Remember, this is sponsored by Believe the Hype, a, a company selling the latest sneakers. They get the biggest drops and sell them right back to you guys. Visit them on Twitter and Instagram at BelieveHype2018 as well as their store. uh, Links to those down in the description below. Also, remember, check out the Anything Goes to Jackson Hill podcast and subscribe on your favorite platform, whether you're listening to SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, uh, multiple platforms, wherever you guys want to listen to this podcast, it is available, as well as the Jackson Hill Sports and Music podcasts available throughout the week in the same exact feed as this one. So definitely recommend you guys going and checking those out as well if you have the time and are interested in either sports and I guess you're interested in music. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all next time.